Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into a Fish Fry Friday edition of Critical Thinking. You know the drill by now. We're going to crown a brand new Richard of the Week. We are going to play the B or not the B for our final time this week. And, of course, we're going to throw the worst or most insane of the week uh, that we haven't gotten to yet into the fryer at the very end of this show. But I have a confession up front, Pat. Um, by the way, you can follow me at The Coppin Show on all sorts of social media. And, of course, Pat at The Pat Oni Show. And do not forget to become a critical thinker. Join us at criticalthinking.locals.com where you get the afterthought about 15, 20 minutes on one single subject, um, exclusive for our subscribers. And if you are already part of the uh, critical thinking community and you haven't subscribed, all you need to do, I believe, Pat, if I am correct in how I uh, look at this, right? If I go to the criticalthinking.locals.com page, all you have to do is go into as your own member page. Okay, all you have to do is go into manage support. That's it. Click on manage support and you'll be all set. Now, that having all been said, I have a confession up front. What'd you do? Or better yet, what did you do now? I didn't do anything. You just said you had a confession. Yeah, I have a confession to make. Yeah, so what'd you do? I didn't do anything. Well, okay, what did you not do? I I can't I can't think. I, I just I'm done with this week. I, I just no. I'm done. And, and as such, um we're 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 gonna phone in a segment. No, I'm just kidding. We're not phoning it in, but um um folks, um I just 
I can't deep dive into a subject. I I I just don't have the brain power today, Pat. Um how is that different from any other day? You a hole, you're fired. I speak the truth, do I not? What's the truth? Also, what's how, a woman? How is- what's a man? What's a pansexual lizard Muslim atheist? What in the hell did you just say? That That's Aaron McIntyre, the uh, producer for the Steve Day Show. That's his uh, Twitter bio. Did you not see that on Twitter yesterday? No, I didn't see that on Twitter Well, that's, that's been his Twitter bio. bio. It's a Muslim atheist, pansexual lizard person producer at the Steve Day Show, right? Um, but there was somebody, uh, one of the uh, screaming morons on TikTok, um, on the libs of TikTok, who literally called themselves a gender non-binary, pan, uh, polyamorous, pagan witch. And I was like, wow, they almost nailed Aaron McIntyre's entire Twitter bio. Did did they did they nail Aaron McIntyre's Twitter bio or did Twitter or did Aaron McIntyre nail no, their Twitter? No, bio? Aaron's had that up for a very long time. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but I, I just I seeing all of those things, and it's just I can't. I, I just can't. I'm done with thinking. So that having been said, our our fine friends at fee.org, Pat have uh, given us seven workforce trends that workers can expect in 2022. Uh, This came on uh, Sunday of this week, so this is still relevant. Um, And I thought we would go over it because uh, I'm going to let somebody else do the thinking for us, and I'll just comment away. Um, So I want to get your commentary, and then I'll I'll do it. Uh, Let's start with number seven on the list. Let's go backwards here. You want to go backwards. Okay. Mm -hmm. Corporate advocacy will continue to grow. They say that social change is also key. Employees in society at large are demanding that corporations are held accountable for how their behavior impacts the world. For example, Disney workers began planning a mass whack uh, out walkout. (laughs) You really can't think today, can you? No. Planning a mass walkout. (laughs) Whackout. I mean, you could say that in multiple ways that that might have actually been true. In response to alleged failures of the company to support an inclusive work environment for LGBTQIA plus identifying individuals, other companies have found themselves at the center of controversy for investing in fossil fuels and non-green energy sources. So corporate average advocacy will continue to grow. Okay, so I have a problem with this. Yep. This is not new. This has been going on, right? But this is a for year. This is a trend in the workplace. Oh, I, I think this has been trending before twenty twenty two. This was going on, dude, back in twenty fourteen. Yeah, this um, has been this has been probably a decade in the making, at least. R- right. So, because I, I mean, I mean, I work for one now. Um, Look but at Obamacare, tr- right? Right. The, but there was another company I worked for that you know they did all sorts of stuff with like. Uh, climate change, LGBTQ, 
NLMNOP plus month. I mean, I, even now, like like the the company I work with now. I mean, it's it's they do all of that plus they do stuff with like Women's History Month. They did stuff with Black History Month. They did stuff with um, Columbus Day. Except they didn't call it Columbus Day. Indigenous Peoples Day, right? Right. Yeah. So never mind uh, the actual history of Columbus, but hey, okay. Right. Right. But my 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 point is. Oh, and by the way, they talk about they have like book clubs and stuff at work now where they will. Um, Talk about things like racial equity. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding, by the way. And, and, and I like it, it's gotten to the point to where. I mean, I've, I've actually never participated in any of this because it's just like, why? But I, I have a big problem with this one because I go to work to go to work. I don't go to work to be advocated politics and bullcrap to. If if you believe in this stuff, that's fine. You can believe in this stuff. But when I go to work, I don't want this crap shoved down my throat. I mean, and and I guess I should also be thanking, you know, the idea of working from home because then, then I only have to like see the occasional email about it. I don't have to hear about it all day long. Yeah. This has been a a trend for, like I said, almost a a decade Mm -hmm. at this point. So Um, this is not new. No, this is not new, but that doesn't mean that it's not a increasing trend. In fact, I would argue that that the point that I think is correct with this, um, as they're looking at this, is that it is growing. And the the other point that I would make is it's becoming more hostile. Oh, all the time. It's becoming more and more hostile to anybody who doesn't quote unquote hold the corporate beliefs. It, it, maybe it's old school of me, but as long as my corporation is providing me with a in with pay and benefits that are good and uh, at least a positive work environment in terms of like the people that I'm working with and around, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? What else do? Why do I need to know their stance on anything that I believe outside of the office? Why? I, exactly. That's exactly my my whole point with this. I, I, I just don't get it. You are free. So, you know, I run a business, right? And if I'm bringing people on in that business, it's very, very simple, Pat. You are free to believe whatever you would like to believe outside of these four walls or outside of this, right? But when you are representing this group or this business, check it at the door. If I have to do or it, why alternatively, or alternatively, mm-hmm. you could turn this back around on them and say, well, guess what? Here are the values of this group. And uh, if you don't like it, don't, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. I, I, I guess this, this is my big problem with this, though, too, is... Why do we get all of this leftist bullshit shoved down our throats? Yet I come in and I say, because like I, I, you remember that whole sexual harassment training that that right. we occasionally bring up that I had to go to, and it was a company wide thing, mm-hmm. and then it turned into a George Floyd, um, basically discussion. And I, I, I'm saying, I'm like, man, if I, if I sat here and say, hey, uh, George Floyd was not a good guy, 
which he wasn't. Um, I would have been fired. How dare you? I don't think it means what you think it means. You're, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My point, though, like, like, yeah, it's your point. World, you and I, if we go in and we share what we believe, we're fired. And that's bullcrap. All right. So moving on, number six on the list is side hustles will become the norm. And again, I, I think this is um, twofold. So one, I think this is people who are transitioning into owning business and they see side hustle as a way to do that, right? I think this well, is actually I mean, threefold. What is this if, no, if nothing but a side hustle, right? Right. So. And I, I think this is the norm because what I think people are realizing is that you don't, that you can monetize a hobby, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So whether your hobby is pottery or whether it is cross-stitching or woodworking or whatever, how easy is it for you to set up an Etsy shop? And maybe you don't make a ton of money off of it, but maybe you make a couple thousand dollars extra a year. Does that help your family? Yeah. Or maybe you go drive for Uber um, you know, once in a while or Uber Eats or whatever, right? Allowing you some extra cash. I, I, the reality of of today's world is one that it is getting more expensive to live in, right? And especially right. if you live in big cities, this is this is a reality that you can't necessarily, unless you are a high wage earner, live off of. And and this is one of the reasons why Chicago can still be attractive despite all of its stuff. Right, the high taxes, the crime, and all that stuff. It's that its housing surge has not been what the national housing surge has looked like. Out in the suburbs, yes. In the city, no. We're actually about three or four percent under the national average, which was 14%. So our housing costs have only increased by about 11% over the last couple of years. That's a pretty normal level of increase that's handable especially considering we know that you, you know the wage increases that have gone on have outpaced the um outpaced the the cost of housing here so but outside of that if you were trying to live in san francisco if you're trying to live in la or new york or whatever having a side hustle is almost a, a given it's almost required of you to be able to function on a normal level. Mm -hmm. So I agree with that. I think that's a, that's a norm. And I think it's important that we support each other's side hustles as much as we can, right? Right. When, when a friend, when a fellow, because we like to talk fellowship, when somebody inside your fellowship opens a business, support it. Now, number five is expect even more job hopping. I agree here. I absolutely agree here because it's not just that workers are looking for work in huge droves, as the writer says, but many workers are not sticking around even after getting hired. One big reason people are job hopping is that they're, are, that they're not getting the benefits, work environment, or pay that they desire. As Zoomers and millennials build up their work experience, they often find that companies are willing to pay them more for their talent. The conversation is also changing as well. Once it was taboo to discuss your pay, 
But now more people are turning to TikTok to discuss how much they're making. Companies can no longer trick employees into staying in a dead-end job when information about pay, lifestyle, and work environment is publicly available. See, I don't, I don't, I, I, I agree with the premise of this, right? That right. we're going to see more job hopping. I mm. agree that a big reason is that they're not getting a benefit or the environment or the pay that they desire. But what I don't agree with is that it's because of the publicly available information. I okay, yeah, I, I agree with all of that, and, and I'm going to say, as a hiring manager, I see this all the time. And I actually had a conversation with someone recently. They graduated summa cum laude mm-hmm. um, in, in college, right? This is their first job out of college. What community Hired college? Them. No. Um, no I, I, they, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. they university. Um, and so I, I hired them eh, like four or five months ago. They came to me about a week or so ago saying they want more money yet i have a pretty nice bonus structure that that is set up for my entire team so if they you know hit certain goals every month they get more money right Mm -hmm. and it's a pretty sweet sweet gig um and they also make a pretty decent salary as well right but they they want more money because they feel like hey i graduated top of my class yet I have people on this team that have been there less time since they've been there that have less education that are outperforming them. And I guarantee you this person is going to leave within the next couple of months because it's not, they, they think they are entitled to a certain compensation because of their credentials, even though Mm -hmm. their performance isn't necessarily the level that it should be. I see this all the time, this kind of mentality all the time with right. the Gen Z and the millennial generation, my our generation, right? That kind of mentality is 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 anytime you move, anytime you job hop, a lot of times you are starting from square one. And that that instead of giving yourself the time to get to where you actually want to be. So I mean, and I look at look at my situation within right. real estate, right? I've gone through three different brokerages in a year and a half, and why? Because it's an attempt to find where my worth is valued, right? Right, and you know, a great example of this is you know the expectation of some that when you're quote unquote new in the business, you you work for free, right? No, no, I don't, because my time, my effort, my results are valuable to the individual of which they're benefiting from. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm not willing to do things just for free. No, nor should you. Right. But what I'm but, saying- and I understand what you're saying. So I don't disagree that there's going to be even more job hopping, but I uh, ultimately what I think about this is because of the tight labor market, right, mm-hmm. in terms of, the amount of jobs available versus the amount of workers available, right? You're going to see people say, wait a second, the grass looks greener over here. Is it always greener? Of course not. But you're going to see that. And it's also because we're seeing a change in how the corporate world looks at benefits. And that gets me to number four on this list because it's demand for benefits rise. Another trend that can be expected to continue 
is that employees want greater benefits. For example, life insurance averages between $15 and $100 per month in Canada. Similarly, a health, healthy male can expect $21 per month in cost in the United States. However, with inflation approaching 8%, more employees are looking for jobs that can guarantee them sufficient income to cover their retirement years. More benefits don't just mean retirement plans. It can also mean health care benefits and better treatment overall. For example, poor work environments have been one of the main factors driving the unionization of Starbucks around the country. Either way, employers can't expect employees to be demanding more. I don't agree. I don't disagree with that. I think what what people are looking at is go uh, are they're looking at an overall life balance, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. what we have seen in the last couple of years is. And, and, and coming from the tech startup world, that work-life balance, right? For instance, one of the things that most employees, or at, le- at least most employers in the tech world, in the, at least in the startup world, unlimited PTO. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's my company now. If you can't provide me unlimited PTO, I might walk, right? And why does it matter? It matters because there are times, in, in, and I know this for a fact, when let's say you've got your engineers and your coders and everybody else building a new product or revamping the current product, right? They've gone through this major project over the course of six months or whatever, right? And it's, it's 80, hours. 90 hours a week, and they've just been grinding, 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 grinding. They need a break. And if you only provide them with two weeks off throughout the year, that's not going to work. No. So, and alternatively, the other really fun fact is that the, actually people use less PTO on unlimited PTO. Yep. Than they do with, you know, three weeks off or or a month off throughout the year, right? Mm-hmm. On average, they're using maybe 15, 16 days of PTO. Now, my company highly encouraged us that once a quarter to take a week off right? Actually physically encourage that for your mental health and well-being. So I, I firmly believe that the, the demand for benefits is not necessarily a demand for better retirement or you know better life insurance. I think it's about the here and now and how can I balance my health, both physically and mentally, and my work. It's, it's a work-life balance. Um... I mean, because my my company offers this, and and I've like and I've seen them pr- come out with more progressively, m- more progressive benefits as as time has gone on, as they can afford to do things, mm-hmm. um, to to compete in the job market, right? Um, and and the, the nice thing is, you know, because we work from home, because we have unlimited PTO, it makes things like when you have a house crisis, like I've had, it makes it easier to take some time off to get things resolved and when life happens, right? Because sometimes when life happens in in the previous corporate world, you couldn't just do that. You had to work around it somehow. It's not just that too, because Mm. it also helps with FMLA. It also helps with um, things like uh, freak injuries, right? right? Right. You don't have to go Mm -hmm. on disability. I'll pay you 100%, right? And why does that matter on the corporate side? Well, paying them for that versus having to go through the rigmarole and the HR stuff that goes through disability, it's much, much easier to do it that way. Now, yep. 
They continue to say in number three that automation and tech will dominate. Well, I think we've already seen that tech is dominating, right? I mean, the work from home environment and the changing mm -hmm. of, of the office environment in general has been interesting. And I think the flexibility of that. But automation yep. has changed almost every industry, right? I mean, look at my industry, right? I can automate almost all of my processes when I'm dealing with leads and and new clients and things like that, right? I don't, mm -hmm. it's me speaking, but it's me pushing a button to make sure that I'm speaking at the right times to influence and draw attention. I don't have to physically remember that anymore, right? Right. I, I have a machine that does it. Now, I think it's also important to know that employees are likely leveraging a lot more AI, like I just described. That's artificial intelligence, um, neural networks, and web microservices to help them in existing work. So I, I, I agree. And then I also think you take a look at you know the automation and, and stuff like that of the factory systems, the systems behind the scenes and fast food and things like that, mm -hmm. that you're only going to see that increase. Um, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, number two on this list is workers will seek more freedom. Now, I will say this, this kind of ties into number one, so let's reveal number one, which is the great resignation. Now, according to surveys, 44% of employees are job seekers, which also ties into the, you know, the, the job hopping, right? If right. over half of people who are in, almost half of all people who are in employed situations are looking for the next job, you're going to get a ton of resignations. And let's not forget that um, in 2021, almost 48 million people had quit their jobs at some point in time with 4.3 million people right now quitting their jobs. Now, let's go back to the workers are seeking more freedom. What I think the workers are seeking is not necessarily more freedom. I think what they're seeking is work-life balance. No longer does putting in a 70, 80-hour work week uh, in a sales job just to bring home, you know, extra money become a thing. There are, you know what I mean? Like that Americans have become more productive by needing to do less, which is part and parcel of the automation, part and parcel of how we use um, technology in our jobs, wherever you work. And, and, and what does it matter if you put in a 40-hour work week if all of your work and your job gets done? So whether that's working, you know, 35 hours versus 70 hours a week, it, it, I mean, if, if the work is getting done, does it matter how many hours you're putting in? Oh, exactly. I mean, you know, I always tried to go in at a certain time, right. but I would leave maybe somewhere it, depending on you know what the uh, situation with uh, public transit was here, mm. um, you know I would time it better for my commute home, right? Right. But most of the time I was still working seven and a half, eight hours, but I didn't have to do that, right? And there were days where I would just say, you know what, uh, the train's bad, I'm staying home. Um. 
But I think it's the flexibility, not freedom. I think it's flexibility. Exactly. It's exactly what it is. You know, that's exactly what this is for me. Returning to the office can mean less quality time spent at home, more time commuting. And here's my prediction, Pat. Um, This isn't in here. But as we see more companies require their employees over the next year or so to start to return to the office, even if it's two or three days a week, right? All of those people that moved out to the suburbs who now must commute back into the office downtown, they're going to start selling their homes and start moving back into the city. Why? Because that, well, oh crap, we're 30 miles outside of the city and it's going to take me an hour to get into the work every day. Not to mention the price of gas. The price of gas, if that continues to stay in the high threes, low fours, whatever. And then you take a look at the time, right? Two hours every single day. There are people who will do that because they see their home life maybe being a, a, a better balance, right? But if you're spending more time away from home, what do you do? I think in the, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a stabilization of the marketplace here in the next three to six months in real estate. And then in two to three years' time, you're going to see a great sell-off of homes in the suburbs. Good you're going to see You're going to see people going, uh, no, thank you. Nope. And especially people who are like me and you who don't have kids, who might have moved out to the suburbs because they couldn't. They wanted more space, right, during the pandemic. Right. And suddenly, well, yeah, I just spent eight hours or, you know, seven hours inside the office, but I just spent 10 hours total, right, in my commute and the office out of my day. I barely see anything. By the time I get home, it's cook dinner, do the dishes. Oh, I get to sit down for an hour and then it's bedtime. Is is that what you want? You know? No. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens in, in the next two to three years. But uh, I agree that we're, we're in the midst of a very volatile work um, environment right now where the norms, quote unquote, are no longer norms. And there's not no such thing as a new normal. There really isn't. It is very much an individualized situation, which is antithetical to the unionization movement, to the socialist movement, right, which would like to see the marrying of business and state in a more closely related relationship. Ironically, the free market, right, the free market of at-will employment has given the exact thing that the union movement all along has wanted, right? When we talk about that, when we go to Labor Day and we do our special, right, talking about the the beginnings of the labor movement, it has always been an advocacy for more leisure time, right? Because then the the crux of that, though, was that they were wanting to use that leisure time for advocacy of socialism, right? They wanted right. them to use it for political agitation and all that sort of stuff. But the ironic part is, here we are today, the free market is giving them that more leisure time, that ability to do with which what they want outside of the workplace in a much greater fashion than ever before. In a much, much greater fashion. 
whether that's a side hustle or no side hustle, whether that's, you know, providing for um, better education for your kids or being able to homeschool your kids or whatever, right? Your life is now more free because of the free market in employment than ever before. That's the reality that we live in. All right. So all, the, all of those out of the way, I think it is time for us to play the B or not the B. Lay that headline on me. All righty then. Are you a groomer? Are you a groomer? No, because I do not have a teaching degree. And I'm not on uh, TikTok. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. My wife's a teacher and is also on TikTok. What are you saying? Just saying. What? You take that crap back, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course your wife isn't a groomer. Well. Uh, oh, I, no, 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 no. I take that back. She's groomed you. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. She has trained you. To do what exactly? Be a better husband. To do the things that she wants you to do. Like make Sammy's. Yeah, that's all true. Um, <laughs> is that not a form of grooming? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I guess, I guess, I guess you. Or is would that be just training because it's not sexualization? Yeah. But anyway, right, right, yeah. Okay, that's the headline. That's the headline. Are you a groomer? <sighs> I'll go with this being the Babylon B. Seven signs that you're a groomer. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm hoping I win more of Dominic Izzo's uh, totally legit, not pyramid scheme marketing network, because he's the bull of MLM. Hashtag. Is that your final answer, by the way? Mm-hmm. Okay. You are correct. This is the Babylon Bee. Are you a groomer? Nine things to look for. Oh, dear God. Let's oh no! Everyone quickly run through that list. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll run through this list. One, do you talk about sex with five year olds behind their parents' back? Two, do you begin sentences with "Don't tell your parents"? But three, do you encourage kids to cut off their sex organs? Four, are you a Disney executive? Five, <laughs> did you quit your teaching job after they passed the Parental Rights Act in Florida? Six, does it does taking other people's kids to a drag show and calling it a field trip seem okay to you? Seven, are you now or have you ever been a politician? Eight, <laughs> have you ever helped kids acquire sex hormones without their parents' knowledge? Nine, does David French think you're a blessing of liberty? <laughs> So if you don't know what's going on with David French, Pat, have you seen mm. what he tweeted this week? No, I actually I did about this. So so remember back during drag drag queen story hour. Remember all the way back to that. Uh -huh. Yeah. Remember how he called that a blessing of liberty. You remember that? 
I, I I vaguely remember something, but I, I I haven't paid close close attention to David French for a few years now <laughs> because he's just not been relevant to me. True, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, let let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, but um, David French during all of the things of grooming, right? Had yeah. some things to say. I, I just need to find it real quick. Um, so uh, can you stall while I'm finding well, yeah. it? I was going to say, while you're, while you're looking it up, uh, there's <laughs> actually, if you we could tally up numbers here. Uh-huh. So tally up your numbers of yes, answer, and consult this chart. One to two. Oh, no, you're a groomer. Three to four. Wow, definitely a groomer. Five to six. Yep, still a groomer. Uh, seven to eight. There's a Law and Order SVU episode with your name on it. And then nine, okay, we're calling the police. <laughs> uh, I mean, somebody posted something yesterday about, about the Babylon Bee. And it, it seems like it was a fairly similar thing to this. Yeah. And and I I can't remember what the headline was off the top of my head. And the, the in the caption the the guy posted is is this is this is satire right? <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm like, um, we've been saying this for for a long time now that um, Babylon B is less satire and it's uh, more of a uh, profit uh, profitizing network uh-huh because everything here essentially starts as satire and then magically comes true within a matter of months yep sometimes a matter of, of days and weeks depending on what it is and i'm just like how long before this happens yeah um don't disagree with you at all um, but speaking of that, um, so the David French thing found it, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Redefining grooming and slinging false accusations of sympathy for pedophilia is pure malice. But checks doing it on this website, meaning Twitter. <laughs> it's not a website, you dipsh. Never mind. <clears throat> Blue checks doing it on this website, no better. But lots of ordinary folks don't. They hear the words and apply their ordinary meaning. That's incredibly dangerous. Uh, by the way, this is a thread from David French, who starts with the slinging of the word "groomer" and insu- insu- uh, insu- insinuations of sympathy for pedophilia by the same people who spent "quote unquote" years standing for the man who appeared in Playboy video centerfold, Playmate two thousand, Bernola twins, and my that might be the lo- least worst thing he did is just too much. Of course, he's talking about whom? Donald Trump. Right. I mean, these guys relentlessly attacked folks who held Trump to the same standards they held Bill Clinton. The American Family Association even launched a petition against me because I said we should hold Trump to the same standards that we held Clinton. Um, Not sure that's what. Okay, whatever, David. You can add your name to the more than 66,000 others and never forget this classic Federalist piece from a Christian philosophy professor that actually contained 
this paragraph, meaning um, here is one thing that we know and we should admit from the start. In his early 30s, Moore had a penchant for dating teenagers. Apparently, this was not an uncommon occurrence this time. In fact, this practice has a long history and is not without some merit if one wants to raise a large family. Uh, uh, okay, so take take that last sentence out of there. Is it or is it not true that um, back in uh, back in the day, if you will, that this was a normal practice? Doesn't make it right. In fact, I would argue that this is exactly sexualization and exactly grooming and exactly why we don't do this practice anymore. And then he says, most importantly, this dumbing down of the term grooming is deeply harmful to actual victims of sexual predation. Grooming is a real thing. Just ask the victims of one of the worst sexual abuse scandals you've never heard of. I just... If, so if you cannot see the teaching of, it's one thing to, to teach them that there are different identities that people might hold in terms of how they look at themselves, right? Gay, lesbian, straight, when you're six or seven, right? One thing to teach the basics, but that's not what's going on here. You have teachers who want to teach masturbation sexual acts, things of that nature. When we see the non-binary self-identification up by 4,000% over the last 10 years, that only happens not because of a more open society, but because you're teaching it. And we have talked ad nauseum about how we have seen this increase in the quote-unquote gay population in America, right? And right. I use the quote-unquote gay population in America because what we ultimately see is that this is becoming a learned behavior. How do we know this? When we see a doubling of the population, right? We went from 0.8 to over 2%, from over 2% to the, uh, to, um, the, the generation before me. Um, so not millennial, but, uh, Gen X. Gen X at 4%, jumping to 10% in this generation and into the next generation at over 20%. It's not because of a nor quote unquote normalization or a more open society. It's not because of that. It's because it's becoming a learned behavior. It's not because you've exposed people to the the thought processes it's because you've literally exposed them to that portion of society if if we normalized heroin in our society do you think that we would see an increase in the use of heroin pat yep does it make it good nope does it make it a normal natural thing that we're just supposed to accept Nope. No. Now, that having been said, um, we should probably get into the Richard of the Week. Don't you think? Okay. Yeah, I think I think we should. (laughs) 
And with that, Pat, let us know who are the four nominees this week for Richard of the Week. Well, of course, we have uh, Vladimir Putin, you know, because, you know, war, war in Ukraine. War crimes? Yeah, man. War Slaughtering crimes, entire war. villages of people? All, 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 all that fun stuff. Oh, and by the uh, way, uh, the reports this morning that uh, a magical rocket attack, attack killed like 300 people on a train in western Ukraine. Gee. Uh, we also have uh, Mitt Romney for his uh, vote on uh, what's her face, Kentanji uh, Brown Jackson. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, and, by the way, he, didn't correct me if I'm wrong. He voted against her appointment to the D.C. Circuit Court, right? Uh, that I actually don't know. Yeah, I, mm. I think if you, yeah, I, I read that uh, this week. He voted against her originally because he had objections to her history. Uh, but now he finds her as a person and, of integrity. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, she has served on that court for how long? Months. What the hell changed? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, a man of morality and integrity. Mm-hmm. I will also say this. A, a friend of mine on Facebook posted a letter that she got from, from Romney's office about his decision to vote for her uh, Jackson Brown's conf- confirmation. In Brown Jackson? Or Brown Jackson, yeah. Um, and it, I, I'm just, it, it's one of those letters. I'm like, he didn't write this. His office wrote this. Oh, of course. He probably never saw your your um request to vote against her this was pre-planned he sent this out to everyone that that contacted him about this i guarantee it and it's the same letter with a different name on it that's all it is so his 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 reasoning for voting for her was really a non-answer i don't know if you've seen his statement on it but it's really a non a non-answer mm-hmm but anyway oh we also by the way uh we're gonna we're gonna go two for two with um Utah this week, uh, Governor Spencer Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you want to play the clip now? Yeah, I suppose. Okay. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. I am Governor Spencer Cox, and I have the pleasure today of hosting the first one Utah student town hall. And uh, my preferred pronouns are he, him, and his. Uh, so so thank you for sharing yours with me and uh my preferred pronouns are he him and his my preferred pronouns are he him and his and uh my preferred pronouns are he him and his uh so so thank you for sharing yours with me i believe in helping young leaders learn and grow by listening to them and providing platforms to share their voices Leading with equity and inclusion starts at a young age, and the students that are joining us today have shown great leadership through their academic achievements and uh, and civil and civic participation in our state. Okay, groomer. Um, That's the creepiest thing I've seen in a long ass time, by the way. Yeah. Uh huh. So there's that, and then finally we have. Uh, Jensaki. Why? Well, (laughs) 
It's Pick your uh, interaction with Peter Ducey. Yeah, it's, it's 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 all about Peter Ducey, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in, in the uh, afterthought. But uh, she's also warned that Republican lawmakers protecting kids from puberty blockers, trans surgeries, are going to be put on notice by the DOJ, and that gender-affirming health care for kids is a best practice. Okay, groomer. All right. So I think we uh, know who's going to win this. Vladimir Putin. Yeah. For the I'm fifth gonna, week in a row? I don't I don't even know anymore. It's been an hour long since this Ukraine thing's been going on. But here here's here's the thing. I'm getting really sick and tired of naming him Richard of the Week because these guys on a normal week would have one of them would have won. We don't live in a normal world, Pat. I know, I know, I know, but I'm just I'm just saying I really wanted I really want someone else to win for a change, but you know, we've all said that as long as this Ukraine thing's going on, Putin's gonna win. And that might be a while yet. So Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have one thing to get to in the Friar. Uh, only mm-hmm. one thing going into the Friar this week. Um, but before we do that, um in the afterthought, which you can watch exclusively as a critical thinker go to criticalthinking.locals.com backslash subscribe five dollars a month or 45 dollars for your annual subscription i'm saving you four months by the way four full months that's a deal that's a steal as far as we're concerned but uh you will get the afterthought every monday through friday and uh we've got some other things in the works here in the in the weeks and months of ahead that will be exclusive for you um we're really excited by a couple of them um you know one we've hinted at we're we're looking at the return of the book club um that's going to be a nice one because we can do a live stream for that and chat along with you guys and and all that wonderful goodness um but yeah we've got a lot in the works um with that being said um let's get into the friar because we've got one thing and one thing only Uh, um i will just say this brian stelter uh, hi, thank you for coming. Uh, my name is Christopher Phillips. I'm a first year at the college. Uh, my question is for Mr. Stelter. Uh, you've all spoken extensively about Fox News being a purveyor of uh, disinformation, uh, but CNN is right up there with them. They pushed the Russian collusion hoax. They pushed the Justice Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist, and they also smeared Nick Salmon as a white supremacist. And yes, they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop affair as pure Russian disinformation. Uh, With mainstream corporate journalists becoming little more than uh, apologists and cheerleaders for the regime, is it time to finally declare that the, uh, the canon of journalistic ethics is dead or no longer operative? Uh, all the mistakes of the mainstream media and CNN in particular seem to magically all go in one direction. Are we expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence or is there something else behind it? It's too bad. It's time for lunch. <laughs> you have 30 seconds. No, I mean, there's a, there's a clock that says 30 seconds. But, but I think my honest answer to you, and I will, I'll come over and talk in more detail after this, is that I think you're describing a different channel than the one that I watch. Uh, but I understand that that is a popular right-wing narrative about CNN. I think it's important when we talk about shared reality and democracy, all these networks, all these news outlets have to defend democracy. And when they screw up, admit it. Uh, but when Benjamin Hall, the Fox correspondent, was wounded in Ukraine, the news crews at CNN and the New York Times stopped what they were doing, and they tried to help. 
They tried to help him get out of the country. They tried to find the dead crew members. That's what news outlets do. That's how they actually do work together to your question about sharing those kinds of connections and trust. We don't talk about it enough though. We don't share that reality about how that happens. And with regards to the regime, I think you mean the President Biden? The last time I spoke with a Biden aide, we yelled at each other. So that's the reality of the news business that people don't see, that people don't hear. They imagine that it's a situation that simply is not. But I think your question, it speaks to the failure of journalism to show our work and show the reality of how our profession operates. We have a lot of work to do, I think. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm sure there's at least some truth to what he just said there, especially towards the end. But how out of touch with reality is that, man? Now, remind, remind me what Brian Stelter's original position at CNN was supposed to be. The ombudsman, right? Uh, sure. Which is what? The person who holds CNN to account. Was yeah, anything in that question wrong, Pat? Uh, most of it, I think, was wrong. No, the question. Uh, well, well, in the question, in the question, no, no, in the question, no. He was completely factually true. Because here's the reality, right? Mm -hmm. Every opinion show on CNN happens to perform a narrative that goes one direction, followed by the news organization. And all I would have to do, right, <coughs> to point this out to him, ask him to go to CNN.com and type in the words Tony Bobolinsky. Still not there, by the way. Still not there to this day. If those words don't exist, you have a narrative problem. And we all know that to exist. You're watching a network that I just simply don't see. Because you have your head so far up your own narrative that you cannot see the forest through the trees. Now, what I really thought was gross about his answer was using the situation that happened in Ukraine with, um, with the Fox News um, individual as some sort of a cudgel, as some sort of a buttress to this attack, right? To this question, line of questioning, as if having the humanity to make sure that the individual got out of there alive was supposed to tell you that um, journalism is magical and not at all dead, right? To, to tell us that, um, that it, it's not all politics all the time and, and we, we have human. Yeah, that's a basic of humanity. Okay, congratulations. I'm gonna I'm supposed to applaud you for making sure that somebody doesn't die in front of you. What the absolute hell is that? As if that's supposed to show me that that um this that you're not out there perpetuating narratives on a on a daily basis? What the hell does that have to do with anything? The answer is absolutely nothing. And using that individual's name and that incident is gross. And yes, by the way, Brian Stelter, the <clears throat> world of journalism has a very long way to go. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show? Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And OK, rumor. 
Please be smart, be safe, be kind, have yourselves a great weekend, and we'll see you for the best and worst of the week in the Afterthought, Matthew 547. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.